Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Welcome to the Capital Club Podcast. I'm your host, Brian C. Adams. Tune in weekly to hear from top industry leaders as we discuss relevant topics in the world of business, investing, health and wellness, geopolitics, and more. To learn more about the show, visit excelsiorgp.com slash podcast. Hello and welcome back to the Capital Club Podcast. Today I have with me Michelle Norris. Michelle graduated from UNC Chapel Hill with a degree in exercise and sports science. During her time at UNC, she was a member of the varsity diving team, which we will get into. After a career-ending back injury, Michelle found health and healing through exercise, nutrition, and healthy lifestyle changes. Because of this experience, she now feels called to educate others on the power of food, movement, and lifestyle choices. She is currently the Director of Corporate Wellness at SweatNet, a Charlotte-based wellness company striving to improve the health and well-being of busy professionals. She spends her days building and implementing custom wellness programs designed to fit the needs and culture of each of her clients. Michelle, thank you so much for joining us today. Brian, thank you for having me. I heard you, a friend of mine, David Adams, no relation, also a good guy. It's funny, David and I know each other from CrossFit, in Nashville, like way back in the day when I first moved to town in 2009. Wow. In, which is like old school for CrossFit. That's like you were an OG. Yeah. Well, I actually used to work at a CrossFit New England, which is like super OG for, yeah. for, for no, people who aren't in the CF world or have no idea what we're talking about. But it was one of the first boxes that was out there like doing their own watts and their own programming. What year was that? I was in law school, so this was about 2000, 2007, 2008. Wow, okay. Actually, you'll like this. And my first ever, so a buddy of mine, I played lacrosse in college. Where? Which we're going to, at Wesleyan University in Connecticut. It's Division Three. We'll get into that, actually. I want to 
relay a story and get your thoughts. But we're going down the rabbit hole right away, which is kind of fun. A buddy of mine in Boston who was a fraternity brother of mine, we used to work out together. He was like, hey, come check out this thing, this CrossFit thing. And I had no idea what it was. And so I show up, I show, I go with him. I T Ryan didn't have a car. So he drives me out to CrossFit New England. And I show up, I'm like ready to work out. And it's fight gone bad. Oh no. <laughs> Which is like the most puke fest, disgusting, just like brutality, awful workout you could fathom. Yeah. And I was hooked. So there that you was go. a long time ago. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so David and I used to do CrossFit together back in Nashville, back in like 2009, 10, 11. And I saw that you presented to his firm and were on his newsletter and I looked you up and thought it'd be great to have you come on the show. So that's the connectivity there. But it's always fun to have another kind of CrossFit former athlete on the show as well. Yeah, those things I think really go hand in hand. I don't know if you can speak to this, but having that competitive drive your whole life and then when that career ends feeling like there's this burning desire inside of you, like I've got to compete in something. And CrossFit did that for me. And I'm sure we can get into my CrossFit journey as well. But that was like taking the place of sports that I needed so desperately. I needed that outlet. I don't know if you can relate to that. Oh, big time. We're going to get into that too. So why don't we start with the origin story though? Because you've got a really compelling journey in terms of how you became a D1 athlete and then working through adversity and how you found yourself in the position you are in today. Yeah, thanks. So I grew up a diver, a springboard and platform diver. Uh, You could say that you have to have a screw or two loose up there to hurdle yourself off a three-story concrete platform. Um, But I got that from my dad. He was a skydiver and a diver as well. He's a pilot. So I got that gene, that daredevil gene, and I dove. I started diving when I was about 10, and I went all the way through high school, and then I went on to dive at the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill. And unfortunately, my sophomore year, I herniated a disc in my back for the third time. And so I saw a bunch of different doctors, and they basically all said the same thing of, if you want to pick up your kids in 10 years, we really recommend that you hang it up. That's a hard day because that was my identity for 10 years. Michelle, I'm a diver. Michelle, I'm a diver at Carolina. I was really proud of that. And it felt like overnight it was gone. And so I had to figure out who I was. I had all this time that I had to fill because as an athlete, you know, between training and weights and travel and study hall, there's a lot of time that goes into dedicating your life as an athlete that all of a sudden I didn't have have to fill anymore. So I needed to figure out how I was going to fill that time without getting in trouble. I was seeing all these doctors. I needed to figure out how I was going to heal my back. That was another part of the journey. And all of the doctors I saw at UNC Chapel Hill, which is supposed to have, you know, some of the best healthcare professionals in the country, they told me I needed surgery or bed rest. And at 20 years old, neither one of those things sounded very enticing. And so thankfully, I had this super holistic strength and conditioning coach who I still give my whole credit to today for my whole life story. But he basically gave me a third option. And he said, hey, why don't we approach this from a holistic perspective? You can keep coming in the weight room, which was something that was really important to me. I love to strength train. We're going to train your core. We're going to keep you moving. We're going to pull all the inflammatory foods out of your diet. I had no idea what he was talking about, how my food related to the fact that my back hurt. But I went with it. We're going to do contrast baths, so hot and cold. We're going to do far infrared sauna. We're going to see this chiropractor and you're going to do active release therapy. Anyways, he gave me a bunch of things that easily filled all the time that I needed to be filled to stay out of trouble. 
And I bought in. I bought in wholeheartedly because it sounded a lot better than the other options I was presented. So within about six months, I was almost 100% better. And I never went under the knife. And I didn't lay in bed. I kept moving. And I was just amazed. I supposedly had some of the best care in the world that I had access to. And and yet here I was being healed by this strength and conditioning coach. And so I felt this huge calling on my life in that moment of, I got to tell people about this. I have to tell people about the power of their lifestyle choices, about the power of food, about the power of movement, because it can truly heal you. So I went on to become an exercise and sports science major, and then I got a precision nutrition coaching certification. And now I'm in the corporate wellness field. So I go into companies and I build custom wellness programs designed around the needs and desires of the employees. So I want to go back to kind of the origin story you know, I played lacrosse in college, very esoteric sport sure. that does not lend itself well to like being in your 30s, let alone your 40s like I am today. Okay. Diving, very similar, right? Like there's a very tight window where you can be super competitive mm -hmm. and it doesn't really reward you for getting older, right? So you have a window where you can be really competitive and then it closes. I'm curious. I know it was the way for me. There was all a lot of emphasis and focus on training you to get to that point, mm -hmm. but there was really never a conversation of what happens on the other side. Like when you stop playing, when you stop having that experience, when you stop having that time, like you're given all this time back, mm -hmm. you're given all this focus and energy back. But I was never told like what to do with it. I remember we finished, we lost in our conference championship game my senior year, and that was like the last time I played for a long time and it was a very jarring experience for me. It's very difficult. There isn't a lot of conversation had around the idea of what happens when it's over. And so much of your life has been so structured by other people. This is what you're going to eat. This is when you're going to practice. This is when you go to school. This is when you come in the weight room. This is the workout that you do. That's a lot of times what I have conversations with people about. I've been working out my whole life, but someone has told me what to do now that I'm on my own. It's like my mind is blank and I don't even know what to do when I go in the gym. You're like this little robot that's just being told where to go and what to do. And then all of a sudden you have this freedom. You've lost your identity because that was everything as an athlete to you. And so it's a really difficult time, that transition period. I've worked with a lot of athletes. I love having athletes as interns to try and help them as they try and find their next purpose because that is your purpose for so long. And so I think that's a really important part of life in general. We have to have a purpose. We have to have a passion. And so how do we take that passion and channel it into the next chapter in our life? How did you do that ultimately? Well, I was pretty unsuccessful for a while, to be honest. I fell into workaholism and an un, a not very healthy relationship with alcohol, frankly, as a way to just take up the time to kind of subdue that energy and to you given a lot of time back. And I didn't really know what to do with it, frankly. I think the harder thing for me was there was the physicality of it, obviously, but just the community, like just guys, my team who I was with all the time, right? All year, we were also in the same fraternity. So I had like my 20 best friends with me all the time. And then you finish playing and you graduate. Everyone goes to a different city. You get different jobs, you have different girlfriends, boyfriends, whatever. And then all of a sudden, you're not spending any time with them. And I just really struggled with that for probably 10 years. Like I didn't really know how to make new friends or, or what to do with my current friends. Everyone seemed like they were doing really well and busy. 
But to kind of bring it full circle, we had two teammates pass away recently. And we started going to this tournament up in Lake Placid, this huge lacrosse tournament for everyone from high schoolers. So they have a grand master division, 70 plus now. And we go up there once a year. And I just got back two days ago. We spend four days playing like terrible lacrosse, trying not to hurt ourselves. But we hang out. We have team dinners. We go on like hikes and walks and we talk and catch up. And it's been like one of the best things that I've, I've done probably in the last 20 years to kind of re-engage with those guys and reconnect with them. That's so fun because they are unique friendships that you can't replicate anywhere because you sweat together, you bleed together, you are fighting for this common purpose. And I think that's kind of where CrossFit has come in for me is that community aspect, that sweat together. There's something to be said about the bonds that are made in those really vulnerable moments when you feel like you're on your deathbed, just kind of like how, how collegiate sports is. I don't have anything like that, like a reunion with my teammates. That would be really fun. I do have it with my club teammates that grew up here. I'm back in Davidson, North Carolina, which is where I grew up. And so we do, we see each other about once a year. And that's a really fun time to get back together because those friendships are like nothing else. But I'll have to tell my mom, are there women there too? My mom played lacrosse at Carolina. Gosh, it's, it's huge. It's a huge tournament. They stagger it based on like how old you are. So we're like front loaded <laughs> because nobody cares about us. They do have a women's field. I don't know if they, they're current college players and high school players for sure. Okay. I don't know if they do like a master's women's division yet, but she should just look it up. I mean, I know the folks who run it. I'd be happy to make inquiries. It's really fun. You know, it's like you said, going back and talking to these, the thing that I really find refreshing is we really only get together once a year because everyone's kind of spread out and we all have families for the most part. We're busy. But it's like you step right back into the shoes every year. You don't have to go back and do the background because you know these guys so well. You spend so much time together. You just kind of do the life update and then you just spend time like talking, right? And which is terrific. So if you're going to go back and give yourself some advice, maybe say like late high school, Michelle, you know, not knowing you're going to have this injury and all this adversity, but if you're going to go back and give her some advice about how to be a human, how to like function in relationships outside of sport, like what kind of things would you tell her? Oh gosh, that's such a great question. How to function in relationships outside of sports. I think you're so focused on your athletic career you're like on this one track mind. And so you foster those relationships with your teammates and maybe less so with other individuals. And it's hard because a lot of people who aren't at high level sports don't understand why you're going to practice every day for so many hours. And so you really do just gravitate towards those individuals. I wish I could give myself the advice of everything happens for a reason. When you started that question, that's what I was thinking. Cause I, that was a really, you could probably really, you're almost depressed when your career is over. And now looking back, it was the biggest blessing that ever happened to me. It was everything that I needed to propel me to the next chapter in my life. And so I wish I had that mentality going through it because I was really struggling emotionally just with my identity and with depression. And, you know, if you're suffering, you're in pain. And so I wish I could give myself that bit of advice. As far as relationship goes, I would love to hear your answer to that question, what you would say to your 18-year-old self. Yeah, I mean, knowing what I know now, I would go back and tell him to make sure that you're thinking of yourself. I use the cocktail question test. So if you'd gone back when I was a senior in high school or in college and said like, oh, what do you do? I'd be like, oh, I'm a lacrosse player. That would be a fail. Just like if you were to ask me five or 10 years ago, what do you do? I'd say, oh, I'm a commercial real estate person. Like that's a fail. I would say now, like, I am a husband, I'm a father, I am a person trying to 
figure this all out, who happens to enjoy working out, I happen to be an entrepreneur, I happen to be doing commercial real estate. But to your point and your journey, like the minute you, I think, intertwine your identity with something external that you can't really control, like you can't control if you blow your back out. You can't control if you blow your ACL and can't play lacrosse anymore. That's really dangerous because if all of your identity and, and self-worth is tied up into those things that are external, it's really challenging because they're going to go away at some point. Same for business, same for everything. That's great advice. Yeah, I definitely wish I had that outlook as, <laughs> yeah. as an 18. I mean, it's it's a journey, right? But, yeah, yeah um, it's part of it. So what has been kind of biggest takeaway from you, you know, going from training to dive, which I don't know really much about. My wife's a swimmer, but not a diver. Then going to CrossFit, which I do know a little bit about. What was that transition like when you first started going to these boxes and doing those type of workouts? Was it intimidating? Was it thrilling? What has that learning oh, journey been like God. for you? It was so thrilling. So I had a strength and conditioning coach who really did not speak highly of CrossFit. And I think that's really common for strength and conditioning coaches that, you know, those stupid pull-ups where you're going to blow your shoulder out. And so he really put this negative lens about CrossFit in my mind because I, I mean, I still to this day, he's on a pedestal to me. Um, so I, when I came back to the area where I'm from, I started going to a gym that had CrossFit, but also had something they called Evo Fit, which was basically CrossFit without the barbell and a lot of the crazy gymnastics. But every day I had to walk by the CrossFit class going on. And I would look at them just with awe, like, oh my gosh, that's amazing. And there's no way I could do that. I still had a little bit of this, oh, my back, I got to nurse it and baby it. But I started doing this Evo class, Evo Fit class, walking by the CrossFit class every day. And finally, one of the CrossFit coaches was just like, hey, you got to, you need, you got to go over here. And I'm like, I said, fine. Okay. And just like your experience with Fight Gone By the first day, I don't remember what that workout was, but after one workout, I was totally hooked. It was the competitive nature that I had been missing. It was the thrill of feeling so humbled by not having it all, not knowing everything, not being able to do all the skills. And so just that desire to want to get better and learn how to do handstand push-ups and learn how to do those weird butterfly pull-up things. And there's always a skill that you're chasing and maybe you can relate to that but that's what keeps you coming back and that's what ke kept me coming back and diving is there's always a harder skill that you can do there's always a way to perfect whatever it is that you're doing at the moment and so that drive to want to conquer that next thing that's what I found in CrossFit along with the community that's where I met my husband and now we own a CrossFit gym so we don't go to that gym anymore but we opened our own gym and he was a civil engineer so that was a huge career pivot for him but it was something he was so passionate about and wanted to give that opportunity to others. And so I'm currently six months pregnant with our second kid and still doing CrossFit to this day, five days a week. And I love it. And it makes me feel so good. And it really fills that bucket of that competitive desire that I've got in my belly. Yeah. Congratulations. And good for you. That's Thank awesome. You. Can you give a call out to the gym? What's um, the gym name? CrossFit 926 in Huntersville, North Carolina. Cool. And that's near... The, if people are like traveling, where would that be? I'm north of Charlotte, so the Lake Norman area. So if you're familiar with Lake Norman, we are right there. Cool. Yeah, for sure. I am. And very common for people who don't familiar, like very common for people who travel for business or pleasure to drop in yeah. at different boxes and, yeah. and check them out. So that's why I was giving the call out. Thanks. Yeah, 100%. We put together a free resource available exclusively to our podcast listeners. If you're looking for strategies to safeguard your portfolio against inflation, you want to check out our latest guide on the best alternative investments to consider. 
Head to ExcelsiorGP.com slash download to learn more. I think like anything, there's a lot of generalizations about like the CrossFit community and the workouts, et cetera. And I think really high quality boxes and instructors are terrific. It just gets painted with a broad brush, honestly. You're absolutely correct. Yeah. For anybody interested in CrossFit, it's, it's really for anyone. And as long as you have a good coach with good programming, it really can be for, I mean, my grandma's 92 and on Christmas day, two years ago, we were in the CrossFit gym and she was doing the skier and she was hanging from a bar. She's amazing. That's a whole nother story that I could tell you guys about someday. She's still on the tennis court. She bowled a 221 a couple weeks ago, but yeah, it, it. it really can be for anyone. So let's get into the corporate wellness gig. Sure. How did that come about? When did that happen? Was it serendipitous or was it intentional? I'll give you the quick version. I thought I wanted to go to PT school. I was working in a PT clinic after school, realized very quickly this is not for me. I got a call from a youth soccer academy in Raleigh. At the time, it was called Castle. They had about 10,000 kids in their academy, and they opened up this role for me where I was going to do strength and conditioning and nutrition for the kids, for these high-level youth athletes. We traveled all over the country. I would throw 20 foam rollers under the plane with us everywhere we went. It was super progressive, super fun, but I made no money, and I traveled all the time. And So it just wasn't really conducive to if I wanted to start a family, if I really wanted to settle down. So I had a friend that was back home in Davidson that was starting a corporate wellness company and said, hey, will you come back here and help me? So it was a pivot from the kids, which I loved my kids. I loved that athletic desire, that hunger. If you told them, hey, if you eat broccoli, you're going to be a better soccer player. They're like, okay, yes, ma'am, I'll do it. You know, they would just do anything to this corporate world where in the corporate wellness setting, you're really hoping that people will engage with you, but sometimes you want it more than they want it. So that was a, a hurdle that I had to get over and figure out how to reach people and where they were in their wellness journey. But I started that with him. We did that for a few years and then Sweatnet poached me. And so I brought the corporate wellness division to a company called Sweatnet. They were doing fitness events in the community for people. They were doing fitness marketing for studios. And this was kind of just the last piece of the wheel that they wanted to add to the business. I brought some clients with me and started that. So essentially, we set ourselves apart a little bit with custom wellness So I want to know about your employees, what size is your business, how old are your employees, what are the demographics like, what are they interested in, and then we build a wellness program. It's typically a 12-month program designed around the needs. Maybe if you have access to your claims data, so where you're spending a lot of your healthcare dollars, and let's focus on those areas to help lower your healthcare premiums and in turn make everybody a little bit healthier. What's been the, the hardest part about doing that business for you? Wanting it more than other people want it. So you're just, you know how good somebody can feel. And you probably know this feeling too. Like if you take care of your body, if you eat correctly, if you move your body, you can feel so good. And it's like, I wish I could give you that feeling, even if it was just for a day, so that you knew what you were working towards. Because I think a lot of times we just get used to feeling and then it becomes normal. Oh, I feel fine. But you really don't feel fine. So how do you communicate to somebody that they have more potential to feel better when they're convinced that they don't feel bad? And so trying to get that in their heads and then get them to buy in, because it's a lot harder than taking a blood pressure pill or taking a cholesterol medication. You got to do the work. And so explaining to them that the work is worth it. That's the hardest part. Yeah, I can imagine that's just super frustrating to your point. If you could just kidnap these people and for six months, like feed them the right things and put them on the right programming and give them the proper sleep and probably some mindfulness exercises, 
it's night and day, right? But you can't, you, unfortunately, you can't kidnap people in America and like force them to do these things. I guess it's nice to know that this wellness conversation is being elevated to the workplace and is, it is, it's comfortable to have it. I mean, obviously 10, 20 years ago, it just was non-existent. Right. Yeah. I think the need has gotten to be so bad because we're spending so much money in healthcare that companies can't afford it anymore. And, and to your joke about, I know you're being facetious about kidnapping people for six months, but if you want to start a business, I've got this idea of, I want people to come and stay at like a camp for a week, just a week. Give me a week of your life and I'm going to teach you how to cook. I'm going to teach you how to shop. I'm going to teach you how to move your body. And just, I think in a week, I think you could feel better and you could have more confidence on how to live a healthier life. So it's like health camp for adults. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's, I mean... I'm thankful, I reflect on this a lot, I'm thankful that we live in a time where we have podcasts, we have resources like you, we have books and audibles and YouTube and all of these resources available because in the 90s, when I was trying to get into fitness, mostly lifting, it just was like you'd talk to people at the gym or you'd buy a book or somebody recommend an article or you'd read some bro science magazines and like that was pretty much it. It just was really hard to know what was going on. And now I work with like a nutritionist and a fitness person who's based in Dubai and Mexico. And we do everything over WhatsApp and Zoom. And it's like so easy and, and really cheap and accessible. I think just people are very intimidated. And I, I want to ask you this because, you know, you look on Instagram and TikTok and the wellness community has become like hijacked by a lot of personalities, in my opinion. Yeah. How do you help people work through the in intimidation factor when you first connect with them of like, hey, we're not trying to get you to do a photo shoot in Mykonos. Like, we just want you to feel better. How, have you found success having that conversation? There's so much noise. There's so much noise out there. There's so many people. I tell people all the time, if you Google, is bread good for me? You'll get a hundred things that say, Yes, bread is a great source of carbohydrates and you'll get a hundred things that say if you eat bread, you're going to die. And I remind people that our bodies are biologically designed, especially when it comes, specifically talking about nutrition, when it comes to food, we're designed to eat whole, real food. Okay, so I'm not here to tell you that you need to be paleo or keto or do intermittent fasting or be a vegan. Just remind you that what we're eating needs to come from the earth in a whole real form. So fruits, vegetables, nuts, seeds, eggs, meat, beans, oats, those kind of foods, if you can get 80% of your calories from whole real foods, your body's going to cover you when you have the 20% wine and pizza and fries or whatever, If as long as you're taking care of it 80% of the time. And then the rest is just noise. So I'll give people to follow, so people that I trust, people in the functional medicine world, if you're familiar with that concept of medicine. Dr. Mark Hyman is brilliant. Uh, Peter Atia, he's a longevity specialist. He's got a podcast called The Drives. But there are Ben Greenfield. He's a, a, a fitness bro, as you said. He's got a lot of really great stuff. And what they're always doing is they're on the cutting edge. So this field is constantly changing and evolving. And so the second you think you got it figured out, that's when you're behind. So you have to constantly keep up. And a lot of times folks that come out of school with an MD or an RD, they are obviously brilliant human beings, but the curriculum has not caught up to the current science. And so unless you're listening to those podcasts and reading the latest research, you are behind on what you're talking about. So you have to make sure that the people that you're 
listening to, the information that you're consuming, that they're staying up to date with the latest research as well. I think that's a problem that we've got in our society too. Yeah, and we're now in a world with like Zempec mm. and Munjaro and yeah. really, you know, easy shortcuts. Everyone wants a pharmacological solution, the magic pill, and it's cliche. It's funny, the older I get, the more I hear like my JV hockey coach, my varsity lacrosse coach words in my head. Like, there is no easy way out here. Like, you put the work in and you get, you get out of it what you put into these things. And I think for me, the realization has been to your point about your mother or your grandmother, like we could be living to be 80 or 90. We have a long time to work. Like we're going to have to work forever, unfortunately, but we might live a really long time. If you take an audit of your calendar and your resources, like how much time are you actually spending towards your mental and physical wellness? Probably not enough. Not enough. Yeah, there's no such thing as a free lunch, for sure. When people ask me about those medications, there are side effects, there are downsides to the weight loss. What kind of weight are you losing? Are you losing muscle mass? Are you losing fat mass? Are you losing connective tissue? Peter Dia does a wonderful job breaking down those medications. If you anyone listening to this is interested on his take, he's a longevity doctor practicing in Texas. He's got a longevity clinic just helping people live a long, fulfilled life, good quality of life towards the end, trying to stay off those maintenance medications, et cetera. Yeah, but definitely people think about, we have to change the way we think about our food and our lifestyle choices more as an investment, because I do get that conversation a lot to eat healthy is expensive. You know, it's also expensive hospital visits and maintenance medications and your healthcare premiums going up. Those things are really expensive, but it's so retroactive. It, it happens. We, we don't connect the two. We don't connect. Okay, well, if I spend the money now, I won't have to spend it later. I just put it off and say, okay, well, when I cross that bridge or if I cross that bridge, as if not taking care of yourself, there's a chance that you might be okay forever. But I think we all are starting to figure out that's not true. And we need to make that investment ahead of time so that we can stay off the maintenance medications and we can stay out of the hospital and out of the doctor's office. Yeah. I mean, a couple of data points to back you up there. I was talking to somebody recently, a family friend of ours here in Nashville works at Vanderbilt. The average person who gets discharged from Vanderbilt, right? So they've been a patient, they're discharged, average are on 21 prescription medications. So to your point, like once you start going down the pharmacological solution rabbit hole, like they're just going to keep giving you more and more of these meds. Yeah. And then two guys I play with lacrosse, I saw them last week, we were hanging out, they're both doctors and they, they're high level advice to people who are like asking them, hey, what about XYZ? was just do what you can to stay out of the hospital. Because once you go in, like it's this cascading snowball effect of bad things that happen, right? Oh my gosh. Okay, but how do we do that? You know, how do you stay out of the hospital? That's what I would say. Okay, you got to eat. Right. You got to move your body. My grandma, I'll tell you real quick. If you ask her, how do you live to be 92 and still be on the tennis court twice a week? And she'll say, you got to do three things. One, you got to have a big social circle. Got to have a lot of friends. So you can't stop moving. Got to keep moving, keep moving. She says she's got friends. They go into a nursing home and that's where they go to die. They stop moving and they die. And three, you got to drink a lot of wine. Those are my favorite two. <laughs> that's, that's good. Yeah. That's good advice. So as we round out the conversation, you know, you mentioned nutrition, but would love to get your thoughts. You know, there's a lot of granular brass tacks advice out there, which is super tactical, which is hard to parse through. If somebody listening to this is, you know, for the most part, folks on our show 
the audience are entrepreneurs, professional financial services folks. They're working hard. They're working a lot. They're probably pretty active with their family. They're traveling. Could you give some high level, like directional concepts that they can rely on when it comes to nutrition, kind of overall wellness, and then kind of exercise or fitness? Yeah, I'll start with the fitness piece. And so if you, anyone listening to this has never seen the YouTube video called 23 and a half hours by Dr. Mike Evans, he talks about how we have 24 hours in the day, we can spend it however we want. But if we can take 30 minutes of that every day, and put it towards exercise. And I know we spent a lot of time talking about CrossFit, but it really doesn't have to be. Go outside and go for a walk. So at the end of the video, I'll give it away. He talks about a research study where the the treatment, he called it the treatment for all kinds of things, Alzheimer's, arthritis, diabetes, weight loss, even mood disorders, depression, anxiety, all were positively impacted by this treatment. And the treatment was going for a walk 30 minutes, three times a week not even every day. And so I would say start small, 30 minutes, three times a week. If you're already doing that, try and commit a little bit more time. Get your family involved. Show your kids the importance of moving their body. Live by example. My grandma certainly has passed that down to my mom, who has passed it down to myself and all my siblings. And hopefully raising my son in a CrossFit gym will be a blessing and not a curse in any way. So just start moving 30 minutes. And again, it does not have to be CrossFit. Um, as far as nutrition goes, like I mentioned earlier, I would say eat whole real foods. Reach for when you're going for breakfast, it should be whole rolled oats or eggs or a Greek yogurt without the sugar. The average American right now is consuming roughly 90 grams of added sugar every day. So back in 2020, we got a new nutrition facts label and the new label has to tell you how many grams of added sugar are in that product. If you're not familiar with that, next time you go to the store and you pick up something or you go to the pantry, flip it over, look at that nutrition facts label, and look at how many grams of added sugar are in the products you're consuming. One serving of Sweet Baby Ray's barbecue sauce has 16 grams of added sugar. The World Whoa. Health Organization recommends no more than 25 grams of added sugar per day. And let's be Gosh. honest, nobody eats one serving of Sweet Baby Ray's. Basically, when you have Sweet Baby Ray's, that's your sugar for the whole day. One can of Coke is 39 grams of sugar. That's your sugar mm. for today and tomorrow, a little bit of tomorrow. And so start paying attention to how many grams of added sugar you're consuming, how many you're giving to your kids, and start to cut back. Maybe you do a track, a food tracking one day, and you realize, oh my gosh, I'm consuming 100 grams of sugar every day. Okay, well, in the coming weeks, try and get that back to 50. And ultimately, the goal would be trying to stay under 25 grams of added sugar. And when we eat whole real food, there's no sugar in eggs. There's no sugar. And I'm not talking about natural sugar from fruit. And nobody's taking a high fructose corn syrup filled needle and injecting it into our apples yet anyways. Okay. So not enough fructose from, from whole food, from whole fruit, but added sugar. Okay. So sticking to whole real foods, watching the added sugar, liquid sugar is a big problem too. So our fruit juice, our sodas, Powerade, Gatorade, even some of the energy drinks are loaded with sugar and the artificial sweeteners. I'm on my soapbox now, Brian. I'm sorry. Let it rip. This is good. I mean, this is the, I can hear the frustration in your voice. And it's interesting because I recently, like 30 days ago, started using one of those trackers, like a food diary, yeah. which I'd always resisted. And it's wild. And once you start actually, and I'm not even talking about being super crazy and like weighing your food necessarily, but just tracking, to your point, you look at some of the food that you consume, and you're like, oh my God, this has like 20 grams of included sugars or, whoa, the serving size is this much? And I've been like 
crushing an entire bag, right? Thinking it's all good. It's very educational. I would encourage people. You can, I just did like my fitness pile. You can do it. It's free. You can just do the free version. And even again, just like directionally understanding what you're taking in versus what you think you are is really educational. It's incredibly educational. And Brian, maybe you're doing this if you're not already or if anybody's familiar with MyFitnessPal. One of the biggest things that you can use on that app is the macronutrient pie chart. And so it'll tell you what percentage of your calories are coming from protein versus fat versus carbohydrates. The typical American is eating between 50 and 60% of their, their calories every day from carbohydrates. And I'm not demonizing carbs by any means, but that's just too much. We need more fat, healthy fat, and more protein and less of the carbs if we want to maintain a healthy weight or lose weight. So I love that tool on MyFitnessPal. When I work with people individually, that's one of the biggest things we focus on is getting that pie chart to be even or a little bit more healthy fat dominant compared to carbohydrate dominant. Yeah, and I'm not here giving advice like you're the expert, but the people I'm working with, are advising me like a gram of protein per pound that I weigh directionally. And it's like, it is for someone my size, like really challenging versus a typical American diet to get sufficient protein to hit those numbers without busting your calorie count, right? So you have to be thoughtful about how you're doing it. But it's been very eye-opening to me. And I've already lost like 10 pounds just by like not drinking and tracking this stuff and trying to stay within a general range of daily calorie count and hitting my macros. It sounds overwhelming, I know to people, but honestly, it takes 10, 15 minutes to to put it into the tracker. And it will make you rethink kind of like how you're eating and what you're eating. It absolutely does. And I think just that awareness, like you said, is the accountability that you need. Sometimes, oh, if I have to put it in my fitness bow, I don't want to eat it (laughs) because I know what it's going to do to that pie chart or to my calorie total. And to your point, it doesn't have to be an exact science. It's just being in that ballpark every day. If you're eating 1,000 calories too many every day, you need to know that. If you're getting 60% of your calories every day from carbohydrates, you need to know that too. And we can have days like that every once in a while. That's that 20% of the time. But as long as 80% of the time we're a little bit more dialed in, our body's going to take care of us. Michelle, I want to thank you so much for coming on. This has been awesome. Could you, again, we'll include links on the show notes, et cetera, but do a call out to your CrossFit gym as well as how folks can find out more about SweatNet and maybe the profile of people that you typically work with on the corporate wellness side? Sure. Yeah. On the corporate wellness side, we work with all kinds of businesses. We do private businesses. We do municipalities, small to large businesses. The size doesn't matter. Love to hear from anybody that's interested in a wellness program. We do virtual programs and then we also do programs in person where we're sending people on site, doing health coaching one-on-one with employees, doing wellness challenges, doing on-site and virtual fitness classes, guided meditation. The mental wellness piece is a big piece of the corporate wellness space right now, trying to make sure everybody's mental wellness is okay. That's not something we touched on, but it is really important, managing your stress. The CrossFit gym is CrossFit 926 in Huntersville named after 1st Corinthians 926. I love it. Yeah. And then as far as me, if anybody has any questions for me, my email is michelle at sweatnet.com. If you're interested in learning more about our corporate wellness program or maybe some one-on-one coaching for yourself, I do that as well, again, through our functional medicine practice. And so it's just M-I-C-H-E-L-L-E at sweatnet.com. So we ask everyone who comes on the show one question, and I'm going to ask you, but I'm also going to ask you a bonus CrossFit question because I'm curious and I know a little bit about the world. So one, do you have a daily practice that helps bring peace to your life? 
called Three Good Things. Have you heard of it? Mm -mm. Okay, so there's a guy that's studying it, and he's studying it up against actual prescription medication for depression and anxiety. You take an Expo marker, and on your bathroom mirror at the end of the day, you write three good things that happened to you that day. The idea is trying to change the lens with which you view the world to something more positive. We're bombarded with negativity through the news, through our social media, through our friends gossiping. And so how do we all collectively change our perspective to be a little bit more positive? And it's through this practice of three good things. So three good things that happened to you that day. You have to think about it. You have to write it out. You see it on your bathroom mirror. And then when you wake up in the morning, it's the first thing that you see. So really trying to change that lens to be something positive. When we give stress management presentations in person in the corporate wellness world, we bring everybody expo markers so that they can join us in this practice. That's what you write on your bathroom mirror with. That's cool. So like a gratitude journal that, you know, I like the idea that you do it at the end of the day and then you, you start your day with that kind of positive energy. That's really cool. I like that. Bonus question. What's your best Murph time? Oh, gosh. Not this year. I was... <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I mean, I doubt it. But... <laughs> oh, 48 minutes. That's really good. I don't know. I've never done it in a vest and I've never done it straight through. So I've partitioned it every time and only done it body weight. So like, I'm not that good, Brian. Don't say that. <laughs> you, are the, you are the story you tell yourself. The fact that you're doing it in under an hour is remarkable. So good for you. Michelle, this has been awesome. Thank you so much for joining us. Definitely encourage people to reach out directly, leave us a commentary leave us a review please let us know your favorite part of the conversation michelle best of luck with the gym with the business with the kiddos that's awesome news and i look forward to staying in touch thank you so much friend i really appreciate the opportunity thank you for joining us for today's conversation on the capital club podcast if you enjoyed what you heard be sure to like rate and leave us a review and please follow us on your favorite streaming platform so you never miss an episode Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 